0: Sure. on W4CY. Where you Wake up, America! It's time for the adventures of Pipeman on W4CY.com, West Palm Beach's number one internet radio station. Here's your host, The Pipeman. This is the Pipe Man here on the Adventures Pipe Man W4CY radio. And my next guest is uber talented. I mean, just like there's some people that are talented and then there's other people that can just do multitudes of things that just amaze you. And that's who we have on the show right now. So I want to. Welcome, Rocky Kramer.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: So, I want to start off right off the bat that I was looking... I was on your YouTube channel, Mm -hmm. and you have such a cool diversity of covers that you've done that it just blows my mind. Like, what I love about it is, you know, okay, so you have the latest Genesis cover, but then you have, you know, other types of rock covers, but then you have these metal covers, which I'm a metalhead, so I was like... Well, that's badass. And then I I was just listening to, before I got on with you, your Comfortably Numb cover, which I'm a Pink Floyd freak too. So I was like, Mm -hmm. "This this artist is my style, you know? Because it's like, you're not just stuck to, can't stand how artists nowadays have to be putting this box of one genre, and it's usually a micro-genre of a micro-genre of a micro-genre.
1: Right. That's exactly you're uh, preaching to the choir, because I don't like when bands are all about, okay, we're we played deathcore or like (laughs) it's like we do this and nothing else and then their fans are like oh I can't believe they did something that's you know pretty similar but uh uh, you know within the same genre but oh my god I can't believe they just slightly went off kilts so I just I I like all kinds of music I come from a classical background and uh, I listen to probably almost every genre at some point so I like all kinds of music. So when I started making covers, I just wanted to show appreciation for all kinds of music. Even though I do I try to keep it within rock and metal just because like I'm not going to do a country <laughs> song, you know what I mean? Uh, I, I don't I don't listen to country, but I like all kinds of rock and all kinds of metal and I think it's it's uh, it's very limiting when you start just you're just doing one very particular thing, maybe because that's what made you famous or that's what that's how you develop fans because they're fan you're Fans are really into one particular thing, but for any of my fans, I mean, uh, or future fans, they have to be prepared that I'm going to do all kinds of music. That's just the way it's going to be.
0: And you know, it's funny because the reason it holds so close to my heart is, you know, I basically lived on the Sunset Strip in the height of the 80s from like Mm -hmm. 80 to 86. And at that time, you couldn't like anything else. You know, metal and punk, if you're a metalhead, you're long hair, you couldn't go to punk shows. Punks couldn't go to metal shows. If you're into thrash metal, which I was, you couldn't be into hair metal. And, you know, it was Mm -hmm. just so much division. And I always thought it was stupid because we were always back then, unlike the popularity now, we were all the ones that were getting picked on and our butts kicked in high school. That we should have just banded together against the jocks and it wouldn't have happened. But instead, we were divided. Kind of reminds me of society nowadays. Society's so divided that <laughs> we should be yeah. banding together. It's so funny because you describe something about fans. and I was one of those people until I grew up and you know got a little smarter. But I saw I used to see Metallica at the troubadour when 25 people would show up to their show. And when uh-huh. they they started going towards black, it was, oh, what a bunch of posers, what a bunch of sellouts, and, Mm -hmm. but then I realized when I got older, I was like, so let me get this straight. We were pissed at them, and we were thinking it would be the end of Metallica, because they lost their 25 fans, and what they did was, you know, they they may have strayed away according to us, but they gained millions of fans, and those 25 fans still came back anyway, and Mm -hmm. they grew as artists is what it came out to be, is really what it is. You know, you grow as an artist, and like you said, you can't play the same thing all the time. You know, that, that would be boring to you and boring to everybody else too.
1: Yeah, uh, very true. I, I, I know there are a lot of artists that do want to stick with one thing because that's that's their thing, and their fans are expecting that. But uh, I like to have an open mind. I think music is is an amazing way to express yourself. And But if you're only expressing yourself in a limited way, way then it's uh i i think it gets boring after a while and and i i just enjoy i mean i enjoy music in general so if like if you're gonna be my fan enjoy you have to kind of have the same mentality maybe it's like what you're saying about you know people they're either into metal or they're into punk and and that's just it's just not the way i am i've always just enjoyed music in general so
0: yeah yeah now i get to go to all the punk shows i wasn't allowed to go to when i was a teenager
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: perfect, yeah, right you know and I think ollie said it best from Bring Me to the Rise and he was interviewed about you know because they're they've been getting so much flack lately for changing up their music a bit and he's like, why do I want every song on an album to be the same song that would bore the hell out of me Why why does it have to be all the same? Why can't there be diversity? And I think that was the best answer because I think as an artist, it's it's mm-hmm. it's got to be really boring to just play the same thing over again and play the same chords over and over again and that all that stuff. You know, you want to experiment with your talent.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I think experimentation is important. I've noticed that there are a lot of artists and a lot of famous ones too that all you uh, know, you know, you get to the point where you're make you made a lot of albums and then all of a sudden you make a reggae tune. You know, <laughs> it's like and they've all done it. Led Zeppelin, is, you know, they've done it. You know, like they have that reggae feel or they're doing something that it feels out of place maybe yeah i think it's good it's nice to hear them do it but as long as they do it because that's what they want to do like the beatles were great about experimentation and they did some fun some fun and exciting things with it but it's uh it's just important that the music isn't just it's not just to make more music or just to try to reach out to a different audience like it's more it has to come from you it has to be you know true to yourself To be true to yourself.
0: I agree. I think that it is extremely important that artists be true to themselves no matter what. And I think especially in the mu- metal genre, it's very transparent when bands or artists are not true to themselves. You know, it's I, mm-hmm. I, I think those are the ones that don't last, in my opinion. And and you're right, you know, uh, you take a band like Zeppelin, they varied a lot through time. Beatles, when you are talking about it, that was, why, before you even mentioned the Beatles, it was going through my mind because they went through so many transformations. But they went through transformations yes. because of the experiences they were having and the transformations within themselves, not because they were trying to reach out to other audiences, because they didn't need to.
1: Exactly, and that's that, that's what it's about. It's like you say, it is very, it's very obvious when they're not being legitimate. And uh, I'm just, uh, I'm not about that. I always write music when I. Feel like writing music and when there's something that's happening inside of me or maybe I'm experiencing something you know it's about emotion and uh, that you can't fake that if you try to fake it if, if you basically and I know I know a lot of artists do this and sometimes they have success with it but they're basically being given the task of writing a certain song you know okay you have to write a ballad or you have to write a power ballad or you have to write a song about piece or you have to write a song about coronavirus and those those songs are just are usually not the songs that they last they don't become classics because they're just not very authentic it's the artist is just really trying to do their homework instead of expressing themselves
0: absolutely because that's what art is you know all kinds of art it's expression it's not it's not brain power, it's expression. And there's brain power included, but it's expression first.
1: Yeah. You know, when you're in school, it's like that. You you get, you know, you have a, an assignment, you have homework, you have things that you have to do because your teacher tells you to do it. But with art, you can't lie. You can't lie to yourself. You, you have to really be true and true to yourself, like I said. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with exploring. And exploring can sometimes be fun. And I, I, I've I discovered that a lot of times, if I maybe even play an instrument that I don't normally play or uh, listen to some different music, sometimes it brings out music in me that it wouldn't have been there otherwise. So it just you know, sticking to the same things all the time isn't necessarily the way to, to keep inspiring inspired you know you have to stay inspired to to keep making music
0: no doubt about it and speaking of instruments so you play quite a few do you have do you have a favorite
1: definitely the guitar is my favorite probably because it's it's the one that i've played the most it's the one that just really felt natural to me and it's when i started playing guitar i automatically became a songwriter uh, because i started out on the violin at least for the most part we all we had a piano we had two pianos in the house so i did play a little bit of piano but i never took lessons but i did take violin lessons so that is how I started out with actual music theory and all those things and I never actually tried to write a song on a violin but once I picked up the guitar I started writing and and uh, wanted to be in a band and all those things that's that's how you know it's just that's what got the engine rolling and and it was just it was a great time for me but I I play horribly piano and keyboards (laughs) uh I love keyboards more than piano my brother is a pianist so he he does that very well I do it okay so I prefer playing uh, more synthesizers and try to get more of uh, you know uh, you know fake sounds not the real sounds. Uh, I also play ukulele oh I play bass I got to mention that I play bass you can see that in some of my covers I do play bass when I do the metal covers I, I always uh, play bass
0: so do you feel because there's a lot of artists that can play both bass and guitar do you feel that bass is easier to play than guitar because it's four strings or is it harder because you got to keep with the drums
1: so every time I tell uh, or I shouldn't say every time uh, because you didn't say it, but a lot of times when I say that I play bass and they think of me as a guitar player they say oh every guitar player player thinks he knows how to play bass i do treat them as two different instruments and they are they have two different purposes but they do they they, uh you need both in a song a song needs both a guitar and a bass and that's something that i've learned like when you mute well we we can talk about metallica and the and the justice for all when you take the bass out of the song or of the of the album or turn it really really low then all of a sudden it, it changes the sound dramatically. The bass is important. It's, it's the foundation of the music, uh, along with does, it is important that the bass player communicates well with the drummer. That is uh, important to, to keep in mind. But I like bass, and I like bass to be bass and not just a dark-sounding guitar, if you know what I'm saying.
0: Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. I get totally what you're saying. And, you know, it's funny that what you brought up about taking the bass out of Metallica. For instance, Metallica, to me has always had some iconic bass player like there's some bands that nobody knows the bass player but you know each iconic bass player in Metallica, you know, and then I look at a band like Iron Maiden. Without Steve Harris playing bass, it's not Iron Maiden.
1: Yeah, his bass playing is so prominent on every song. Like I mean, that I just feel like his bass, he's probably one of my favorite uh, bass players because it's just, his bass is so, it's there all the time. You feel like it's, you couldn't hear the song without it. It's so
0: Powerful. Oh, no doubt. And there's some songs that there would be no song without his bass,
1: basically. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh,
0: another one of bands like that is who I found, the bassist, who's a good friend of the mine, but I always found him to be very mm. similar to Steve Harris's
1: Armored Saint.
0: Mm. Have you listened to Armored Saint?
1: I haven't, but I'll have to check them out.
0: You'll have to check them out. They're old school, like 80s metal, and they're still around mm-hmm. now. Bassist Joey Vera, even back then, he reminded me of Steve Harris, you know, and and it's, it is amazing, a lot of things with instruments and what you're saying, you know, and, and the songwriting part really, that one hit home for me because mm-hmm. it's funny. I played drums for nine years when I was a kid. Then I switched to guitar. Then I switched to singing thrash metal. I wasn't really, uh. I wasn't really good at any of it because I never really practiced <laughs> enough, you know. And like I played in the school orchestra, the, uh, all the percussion and instruments, but that's about as far as it got. And guitar, you know, I really, really wanted to be good at guitar. <laughs> But mm-hmm. I just didn't practice enough. You know, like one of my idols was Randy Rhodes. I was fortunate enough to see before he died. Wow. But he practiced like eight hours a day minimum. I didn't have eight hours a day to practice. And, but the thing is, what I think is when, like you, what you said, it's like when it's something that's natural to you, then it just gravitates and it just happens, you know. So I think none of it was really natural to me being on the radio is Natural to me, I don't have to practice, I don't have to, you know, try. It's just me, and I think mm-hmm. that goes the same with what you were saying when you picked up that guitar, and then all of a sudden, you're you became a songwriter.
1: Yeah, it's just I think it's important to do something that is natural to you because, uh, I mean, not that you can't learn something if you try. Like, I, I mean, I, I've certainly developed a lot as, as a singer because I, I never wanted to be a singer, and I, I could never find anyone else to sing. Every time I started a band, nobody wanted to sing, so I had to do the singing. And not because I wanted to, but because basically nobody else wanted to. And I said, you know, I don't care. I'll do it. I'm not afraid. It's just, uh, but it took me many years before I, you know, I took vocal lessons. I had to learn the techniques and all the all the stuff on how to, you know, you got to learn how to rest and uh, really take care of your voice. And that was a long process. And that's something that I, you know, I developed that a lot over many years, which is different than the guitar because the guitar I almost figured it out immediately. It was just the natural born talent. So it's just just two very different processes. But I think that if you get to the point. Where where you just okay? This is not for me. If you've been trying it for years and years, this is not for me. Then you know, it's there's nothing wrong with doing something else.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. So let's talk about your uh, show on Twitch. So yeah,
1: that's pretty uh, cool,
0: Rock and Roll Tuesday. Tell us all about it.
1: Yeah. So when the uh, well, when the pandemic happened, it kind of forced me to be home and uh, not be able to tour and uh, probably won't be able to tour until next year at some some point. So I figured I, I wanted to still perform in uh, one way or another and I was interested in Twitch because I've seen other people use it. Even though Twitch is kind of, it's mostly known for it's people playing video games. That's what I
0: was going to ask about. Yeah,
1: Yeah, but I, I was actually looking at it to see if there even was a music section and there was and there's a lot of people doing it and some people are doing it for a decent amount people. And I figured I could have like my own kind of show and do mainly covers. I do mostly covers. A lot of it is uh, requested by the people that watch. I also have songs prepared, but it's, it's kind of, I just kind of do songs that I like, uh, just try to have fun with it. It's different than my normal Rocky Kramer show where I play my Firestorm album and uh, that's what we do every night. Like that's a different thing. So it kind of, it's a lot more I don't know. I just have more freedom to do whatever I want to do. Be a little more spontaneous. It doesn't have to be all that rehearsed.
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool. And, you know, I was going to ask you about maybe choose Twitch because, like, you know, we broadcast Jimmy Starr's show and we broadcast it on Facebook, on linkedin Mm -hmm. on youtube on twitch on what you can call a whole oh twitter periscope and like a lot of times i'm I'm thinking "Hmm, is twitch really a good place for us to go with his show maybe other shows maybe not because it is towards gamers but yes i I think what's cool about is what you said there is a music section but the thing is while everybody else in music is probably not on twitch it kind of I think gives you a better audience because you're in a pond of less people instead of lost in a sea of every artist in the world.
1: Right. And one of the reasons why I use Twitch is, and just to mention, there are a few metalheads there. Like you got Herman Lee from Dragon Force. He's there. Mike Shinoda from Linkin Park is there. He streams every day, like music production. So that's pretty cool. Um, The reason why I picked Twitch over YouTube and a lot of the other ones is that Twitch is very good about kind of having this like browsing section where you can just see what's what's going on who's streaming what's what are they streaming and there's a little thumbnail it's very easy to just click on a random stream and see if you like it YouTube it's a little bit more complicated because you kind of have to already know about it and you have to be a preferably a subscriber and kind of be prepared to watch it uh, so YouTube is great if you're or if you already have a following like Metallica they stream now they stream concerts on every Monday, Metallica Mondays because they can't perform. So they play like a, they do like a rerun of a previous show. And that's cool because they're Metallica and they have all the subscribers. But I'm more about, uh, even though I do have fans that are watching, I, I'm also trying to develop fans. So I feel like Twitch, I, I get a lot of people just like randomly walking in and saying, what's this? It's like a time machine to the 80s.
0: <laughs> well, you know what's cool about it too, now I'm thinking about it. So I'm a gamer also. So I would definitely be on there and I would definitely find you, you know, and the other thing is, is gamers are like the most loyal fans.
1: Yeah. So I'm a gamer also. So on the weekends, I actually do play video games. So I do, I pick up a few followers every time I I do that. So I, I, I do kind of, I combine the music and actual gaming, which is what, most of the people are there for. So it's just, uh, I, I, you know, sometimes the people that watch me game, they end up watching my Tuesday, my Rock and Roll Tuesdays show. So uh, it's nice. It's a, that's another uh, fun way to uh, kind of communicate with people and sometimes with uh, fans, which is
0: cool. Very cool. And your uh, channel is twitch.tv slash Rocky Kramer. And it's every Tuesday, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Pacific time correct?
1: Yes, that is correct.
0: And so you mentioned Firestorm. Now let's talk about Firestorm. Tell us about that album.
1: So Firestorm is my debut album. It uh, came out last year, in uh, August so it's a uh, little bit over a year old. It's a concept album that uh, if I had to describe what it sounds like if you like concept albums and you like Pink Floyd but maybe a little maybe a touch heavier I might say it's somewhere between Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin but with uh, as a guitar player I'm influenced by you know Randy Rhodes and Ingve Malmsteen and Brian May so there's a neoclassical aspect of it and uh, but there's also just kind of a glam metal or glam rock aspect so So, it's just a, there is a lot of different genres. So, every song is kind of different, but there is a common thread. And the the heaviest song is probably Attitude, which is more on the Metallica side, more thrash, maybe. But only half of the song, then it slows down and it gets more, almost like a bluesy feel at the end. So, it's just, it's 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 a one hour journey, musical journey. I love it.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I say this over and over nowadays, and now that you said journey, you know, it's like albums used to be this experience that you don't really Mm -hmm. have nowadays with this track, track, track mentality. But it's coming back, it's making a comeback, and I'm glad because I think the kids today are missing it, you know? I would buy an album and just sit there and listen to it over and over again, look at the artwork, read the things. It was funny because we're talking about Metallica, and I just saw a Metallica video, on, I think it was on TikTok the other day, and it was <laughs> them just messing around playing Love Gun, you know, at practice. Ooh. Yeah,
1: it was I pretty cool. I'm, was a, pretty... I'm a big Kiss fan, by the way.
0: Oh, well, then... Yeah. The way you hear what I have to say, but uh, it was pretty cool because I was shocked. James actually sounded like Paul Stanley when he was singing it. He did not sound like James. He had the kiss sound. And it was funny. At the end of it, Kirk was like, remember when you used to get that gun, that popper gun in the album? And I had one of those because that that was like a big popular thing. So. Uh That was kind of cool. So it's it's funny you should say you're a big Kiss fan. So here's my story. Okay, uh, uh-huh. I'll give you that my Kiss story and my Randy Rhoads story. My Kiss story is the first record album I ever owned in my life. I won at the Jersey Shore, at Seaside Heights, at the Boardwalk. At one of the Carney games, and it was when this album first came out, it was the original kiss album.
1: Ooh
0: yeah. And wow. I immediately became a kiss fanatic. And then somehow, I got introduced to and I, there was a kid in our school, and I was in grammar school that did an oral report, and it was about the Beatles. And then I Ooh. became a Beatles fanatic, So my bedroom. Literally, was wall-to-wall posters, but it was, like, bipolar. It was split exactly down the middle, one side Beatles, one side Kiss. Now, here's something interesting about that that I say to people, and they don't get it until I say it to them. They're like, oh, that makes sense. Kiss and the Beatles were actually very, very similar. And you know, on the surface, you wouldn't think so, but you think about it. Every song that was written by either Gene or Paul always had both their names, any song mm-hmm. that was ever written by Paul or John had both their names. Anybody who wrote the song sang the song in both bands. And they both went through all these different changes, but they all also both always had a certain type of structure to them. So, you know, have you, did you notice that what I'm pointing out there, how similar those kind of factors are? Because it's funny, I've said it when people are like, how could you like the Beatles and Kiss Like
1: back then? (laughs) There's definitely a lot of uh, similarities. I mean, first of all, they're both four. Yes. There's four people in the band. Keep in mind that Paul Stanley's actual name is Stanley Eisen. He changed it to Paul Stanley because of Paul McCartney.
0: Ah, there you go. go. That's one I didn't know, and I knew a lot. Like I, I used to study the whole 1969 Paul is Dead radio show and used to buy all the albums for all the clues and stuff. But that's something new to me. Like I used to get yeah. all the history on the Beatles,
1: so that's funny. I yeah, I I know a lot a lot about Kiss. I'm like a Kiss uh, expert. What else? So if you listen to the like an example, if you listen to the Gene Simmons Soul album, you'll notice how much of an influence Beatles were on him, and both Paul and Gene, and probably Ace and Peter also were. They're all big. Beatles fans, and it's, uh, you can hear it in, in a lot of their, their songs, but it's I think it's more noticeable on the Gene Simmons soul album. I feel like it's that's very clear. That's
0: pretty cool, yeah. I always noticed the similarities, and that's why it was like everybody used to say, how do you, how are you, like, into both of them? But mm-hmm. I saw the similarities that other people didn't, so I'm glad you know, noticed all these things, too. That's pretty cool. So that, Yeah, I that... mean,
1: and, and you gotta keep in mind, both of them were very good about merchandising. They were both oh, yeah. basically the, the pioneers when it came to having lunch. Boxes with their name on it, or their picture on it, and all those things. Oh, I had everything.
0: Should... I had the trading cards. I had the kiss trading cards. I had everything. You <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. But that started my journey in music. That led me down every road in music ever. Was that? So now, fast forward to this uh, Randy Rhodes experience. Mm-hmm. So it was New Year's Eve, and I told my dad that I was sleeping over my friend's house, and he told his parents that he was sleeping over my house, and we went to the Aussie concert. And we lived in this place called Lake Landero. It's in Agoura Hills in California. And, well, I lived mm-hmm. in Lake Lindero And, and then, uh, you know, the lake was down below my house. So we got home from the concert and we were just hanging out down at the lake. So my dad couldn't see we were around and, you know, I couldn't go back in the house yet. So I was just waiting until morning. Mm-hmm. And my next door neighbor comes out and she's like, oh, and she saw us with all the Aussie stuff on. And she's like, oh, did you boys just go to the Ozzy concert last night? And we're like, yeah. And they're like, she's like, stay there. Hold on. I want to get my husband. Don't go anywhere. Oh, boy. Yeah. Her husband comes out and invites us up to the house. This is my next door neighbor. Never knew. Uh And he invites us into his studio. He has a studio in the house. Turns out he's Ozzy's promoter. Ah. Yeah. (laughs) So he gave us all kinds of Ozzy swag, but then, you know, his his studio was wall-to-wall cassettes at the time, (laughs) you know, at that time. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. he pulls out this one cassette, he goes, here, listen to this band. They're not in the U.S. yet. They're from Germany, but in a few months they're going to be huge here. And that was uh-huh. accept. Oh
1: yeah. Yep. They're they're a great band.
0: Yeah. So he gave us the Restless and Wild cassette before it was even out anywhere.
1: Whoa. Pretty that wild. is amazing.
0: And then, unfortunately, Randy passed
1: away a few uh, months later. Yeah, yeah, that was a real shame.
0: Yeah, I saw three times that year I saw Ozzy, once with Randy Rhodes, once with Mm -hmm. Brad Gillis, and once with Pat Travers.
1: Wow, that uh, uh, must have been a roller coaster. (laughs) Yeah,
0: totally, totally. So tell everybody how they can reach out to you on social media, your website, you know, everything you want to know for them to connect to you and get your album, watch your Twitch show, uh, get your merch, all that good stuff.
1: Sure. The easy way is to go to RockyKramer.com and that's uh, Rocky with a Y. Kramer with a K. Uh, I'm usually Rocky Kramer on all social media, including Twitter, Instagram, even YouTube, actually. And then on uh, Facebook, it's Rocky Kramer Official.
0: Nice. So I'm going to ask you a question that might be a hard one. I ask almost every artist. Mm -hmm. If music was totally out of question and disappeared today, now what's your passion?
1: Now what's my passion? If there's no music, see, I would have said film because that is my my second passion. But if there's no music uh, in, in in a movie, Movie, then that would ruin the movie. If you ask me, <laughs> so if I had to say no entertainment, I would probably. I mean, especially like right now, which is it is almost that is almost the situation. It's just it's hard for us to actually do what we normally do. Yeah, I would probably do something maybe for the environment or something like something that try to make sure that we can you know sustain this planet. <laughs> Nice. I like it.
0: Because I I was reading something last night about Elon Musk and talking about people Mm -hmm. going to Mars and it's going to be a one-way thing. And I'm like, oh, great. I even posted on my Facebook. I'm like, oh, great. Let's go ruin another planet now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, you know, it's funny because... When I go, because I go on tour and do all these music festivals and I ask that question all the time. I haven't asked it much during the whole COVID lockdown, but it's really appropriate now because I think a lot of artists are finding out what their other passions are because they can't be out on the road. You know, so they're they're getting into other hobbies, you know, just Mm -hmm. in their free time. So it is kind of a cool thing.
1: Yeah, I I've been trying to get into or get back into drawing and do more visual stuff, maybe preferably on a computer so I can use it for uh, at least social media or something. But I haven't gotten there yet. I'm working on it. It's a process.
0: Well, you know, uh, if we're locked down for another two years, you might get it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I sure I'm gonna hope do not. I'm going to start this month. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to. I know. <laughs>
0: you know what I thought was cool, too, speaking of visuals and drawing? You know, I'm looking at your album cover for the Rock and Roll Tuesdays, and I love how you have the guitar pick in your name.
1: Yes. Uh, so the story behind that is that when I was, when we were developing that logo, it was the idea. It was, it was done by uh, Sandra and Frank Hahn, and they basically were looking at it and saying, well, the A, what if it was a guitar pick? And I play a a Jazz 3 Jim Dunlop a red one so that's why it's red if you ever wonder uh, so they put that in there and it just looked it looked great when I first saw it I said oh my god that's it and uh, that's the logo
0: yeah it does look really cool you know And, and it like caught my eye right away so yeah Good move on that.
1: Yeah, and then it it lets people know that I'm a guitar player. It's kind of like a little hint. Like yeah. you don't even have to listen to me before you know that you know what to expect. Exactly.
0: So, any uh, final words you want to leave our listeners with that maybe we didn't cover and you think they should know?
1: I think uh, I think we covered. Uh everything all right well cool yeah
0: well thanks for making us some great music thanks for being on and i hope our listeners check you out and you know go to your youtube go to your twitch show get your album all that stuff because there's a lot of cool stuff to check out i think they'll really like it
1: yeah well th- thanks for having me hey my pleasure
0: thank you for listening to the adventures of pipe man on w4cy radio